1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 16. 1 Corinthians 10, 16. The Apostle Paul is speaking. He says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel, are not those who eat sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? The food offered to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything. No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You drink the cup of the Lord. You, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Sometimes when you're reading a text and you stumble around and you, you could change the whole meaning of the thing. So it's worthwhile to go back and make sure you get that right. That's sermon within the sermon right there in a simple line that says, don't think that you can do it both ways. Jesus creates all kinds of opportunities for us to make that comparison. He says you can't worship God and worship money, right? He says you can't eat at the table of demons and at the table of Christ. It is an all or nothing deal when it comes to being a Christian. And that's what we want to talk about today. Christians around the world are gathered on World Communion Sunday at the Lord's table as one family. And even though they are of many races and languages and cultures, they uh, practice the religion of Christianity in a variety of different ways, but there's one thing that we all have in common. We have all received Jesus's cup of blessing. We've all received his cup of blessing and it is that blessing that we celebrate as we go to the Lord's table. On the night before Jesus died, he <clears throat> told the disciples gathered with him that this breaking of bread and pouring out of the cup would be a sign of the new covenant. And so in that respect, he was eager to see that covenant fulfilled through this cup. And yet we hear him in the garden of Gethsemane praying, Father, let this cup pass from me. And so we're forced to try to understand exactly what he means by that. And what we realize, of course, is that it's not a cup of blessing that he's asking the Father to take away from him. Remember, this is the same Jesus who said, you know, if a, father, if a kid asked the Father for bread, would the Father give him a snake? No. And so Jesus calling upon his heavenly Father is saying, Father, take this cup away from me. What cup is it that he is desirous to get rid of, that he doesn't want to take? And... The answer, I think, is summed up beautifully by Dr. John Phillips in his commentary on Psalm 75, 8. He says, mirrored in that cup, the Lord Jesus saw a whole world's sin. He saw the dreadful penalty it had accrued. It was being offered now to him, and he must take it 
and drink it. So great was the agony he faced that angels came down to mop his brow to strengthen him lest he die in the garden. Peter, James, and John slept on. Psalm 75 verse 8 describes the content of the cup. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is full of mixture and he poureth out the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. In other words, the cup that Jesus is asking the Father to take away from him is our justified cup of curse. It is not his cup of blessing that he naturally is entitled to. He being sinless and perfect in God's sight, giving nothing but joy to God when God looks upon his son, is the righteous recipient of the cup of blessing. And yet he's exchanging that cup of blessing for our cup of justifiable curse or the wrath of God. So what is it that Jesus is asking the Father to take away in his moment of weakness, in his moment of temptation? The cup of God's wrath, something inconceivable for the Son, something entirely due to us. And so this is what the nature of the Lord's table is. This is the cross exemplified in a uh, Eucharistic ceremony. It is a sign that Jesus has exchanged with us a cup of wrath for a holy cup of blessing. Again, Dr. Phillips quotes in this case from a hymn that I'm not familiar with, but it's beautiful and I'd like to learn it by Ann Ross Cousin. O Christ, what burdens bowed thy head. And in this one verse, she says, death and the curse were in our cup. Our Christ, Twas full for thee, but thou hast drained the last dark drop. Tis empty now for me. The bitter cup, love drank it up, left but the love for me. What a powerful statement. This cup that we partake of today is a cup of blessing that we didn't deserve because someone who deserved only blessing took our cup of cursing our cup of God's wrath. And it is for that reason that when we partake, we are reminded that God has loved us so much that he gave his only son that we might be with him in all eternity, for all time and eternity. That on that day when we exchange God's cup of wrath for the cup of Jesus' blessing, we are invited into God's home for all eternity. And our life eternal begins at that moment, regardless of the decline of our bodies and the eventual trip to the grave, we are eternal and will be resurrected as such when Christ returns. Therefore, when Paul says, the cup of blessing that we bless is not, it, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? He's exactly right. He's stating the fact that it is Christ's blood that we receive, not in the literal sense, as some would say, but in the sense that it is his blood poured out for us that gives us his cup of blessing. 
In the same way, he describes the bread that we break as a participation in the body of Christ. And in a real sense, he's saying that Christ's broken body, a form he took upon himself, though he was divine in every way. He was God in the spirit and in the presence of, of the Lord and the holy counsel of God. And now he is in the flesh forever, like us in this flesh. And it is in his flesh that he bears our wrath that we justly deserve. And so in a very real sense, when we come to the Lord's table, receive the, the cup of God's blessing for Jesus, we are partaking in the body and blood of Christ. Now, as we gather around the Lord's table for this holy communion of saints, we are one family. Thus, the word communion. Communion means community. It means uh, a unity of purpose and being, a very, in, in, in a very real sense, not only gathered around the table with Christians all across the world, but even with Christian believers who have died and gone into the Lord's presence. When we break bread at the Lord's table, we are in communion with the living and the dead in Christ. And in that sense, this is a remarkable experience. I'd just like to add that starting after the first of the year in this service, we will make a greater commitment to receiving at the Lord's table more frequently than we have. And it is in that spirit that holy communion, that we will do so. When we eat the bread, we are who are many. We're going to hear this in the liturgy of the, of the Lord's table. When we eat the bread, we who are many are one body, for we partake in the one bread. That statement says everything that we need to know. It's the reason we greet each other as the Shiloh family. Literally, we're not saying you're part of the family because you worship here. We're saying you're part of the family because you are like everyone else you meet who has received Christ's gift of mercy, a member of God's family who worships here at Shiloh. When we greet each other at family, as family, what we're really saying is, hello, brother, hello, sister. Because we are children of God through Christ, therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, one family, one loaf. And today we would be especially mindful of the fact that we are one loaf, one family with believers all across the world, even though there are some in even our own community with whom we have very little in common. But we have this in common today. Keep that in mind, perhaps as you're driving home from church today and you see Christians gathered in many worship places Christians who are like you in a lot of respects are very different from you in a lot of respects, but they are all children of God through Christ. They have all accepted God's blessing for his son, which was exchanged for our sake, for our cup of justifiable wrath. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for your word. As always, I pray that you burn it upon our hearts, change our very nature, so that we might never see ourselves in the same way again, nor would we see each other in the same way. Let our lives be a glory to you in their humility and their absolute surrender to your Son, our Lord's service. We pray for his sake. Amen.
Thank you.